Welcome to the dive table. I'm Jay Gardner, and with me, as always, is Mr. Nicholas Hogel. Nick, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I here in Malaysia, I got a nice three-day weekend coming up. Pretty excited. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's Diwali. Diwali. It's an Indian holiday, and that's actually I think it's longer than a weekend. But we have Monday off because of it, so that's quite exciting. But it's uh, I think it's known as like the Festival of Colors, so that's actually really exciting. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing pretty good. It's a pretty exciting time around here. Are you gonna wear your pink fins in in, in celebration of the holiday? Oh, you know, yes, colorful fins all day long. I'm bringing them to work. I'm just gonna be scuba Nick walking in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just celebrating the holiday with my pink fins <laughs> around the shop. No worries. No worries. <laughs> Don't mind me. Oh, oh it's good. That'd be yeah. funny. I'm a, I'm a little tired actually this week. Um, it's been it's been a big week, but I've had a week full of diving. It's been great. So we uh, one of my good friends who's also a UTD instructor came down just kind of on a whim to Texas from Louisiana, and we went out on a charter uh, one night, and you know the day we spent playing with whatever, and the next day we went to the spring and dove that and of course we i don't know i don't think most people think this is fun but i i guess we do we we sat there and drilled each other under the water so it's kind of fun for me you know crystal clear texas spring water and uh it's been kind of a week of, of focusing on diving and then I'm, I'm prepping for um a big tech combo class that um a student at uh here ha- coming up in about a little less than a month now so there's a lot of prep work for that that's going on so it's been a it's been a busy week where you know you focus on scuba for a couple hours like i was rigging up my argon bottle yesterday and and then all of a sudden you go back to your phone and you just have like notification overload because there's so many messages and because you just haven't been paying attention for a couple hours you've been so focused on something so it's been that kind of week for me where my brain is fatigued but my my heart is full because I've spent a lot of time under the water or messing with scuba things this week, which has been good. Which spring did you go to? So it's amazing. Here in Central Texas, there's a spring, an, a natural aquifer spread or, or fed spring called, well, Spring Lake uh, or uh. you know the Meadow Center. Um, that used to also be called uh, Aquarina Springs, Aquarina Springs. I always pronounce that incorrectly. And it's amazing. Apparently, it's it's continuously flowed since at least recorded history that we know of and been continuously, um, uh, what's the word, Uh, not habituated. Uh, Anyways, people have settled there, made it their habitat as far as back as we know as well. And what's amazing about it is, uh, one, it is crystal clear water. So it's incredible. It's 40 minutes from my house, which is, uh, you know, I don't know how I didn't get into this thing a lot earlier. But it's crystal clear water. And it reminded me a ton of kind of the headwaters or or, um, the wading pools of a lot of the cenotes in Mexico. Uh, When you get under the water, there's a lot of, you know, vegetation. um, But there's also, you know 
trees and things like that that are I think they call them ossifying. Um, you know that they're preserved under the water and going through the uh, through the process of becoming fossils. And then there's just a ton of life. I mean, a bunch of snapping turtles. You would you would have loved. We were swimming with a couple of snapping turtles um, yesterday morning, and fish. And then because it's a spring, that again, if you understand how that works, it's it's an aquifer fed um, spring. There's water coming from the Edwards aquifer, and because of that there are a bunch of endemic species that are only live there. So for example, the Texas blind salamander only lives in spring Lake as the only place that we know of it. And then also because of that, there are, I think eight endangered species that live there and, and one um, critical species, which means they, they regulate who can dive there and how many divers can be in the water uh, so on, where they can be X, Y, and Z. So it's almost like a, you know, a, a country club in some ways in my mind, because it's not whoever shows up, you actually have to put in for the schedule. You actually have to pass a whole course, which tests your buoyancy control and, um, you know, tests your knowledge of, of the actual spring and the, and the species that live there and things like that. So, uh, but if you think about it, it's, Max depth, I think 22 feet in some places or 25 feet probably. Crystal clear water, um, not a huge space, a very small space. It's basically like a pool, heated pool because it stays 72 degrees year round um, in the water. So incredible resource we have here. If you're interested, you can look up the Meadow Center. It's run by uh, Texas State University. Or you know, Google search Spring Lake, but you do have to go through a class, um, and you have to pass that class. So it's not just show up and dive it. Uh, and the the class is really thorough; is really good in terms of the academics. And if you are interested in diving at the Meadow Center, I'm actually part of the team, the pro team there. So if you want to come dive with me um, during your what they call a DAC, which is a diver authorization course. Um, you might just run into me as either your dive master or guide for those dives, which would be kind of fun. So check it out. Meadow Center, Spring Lake. Man, I'm, I've been loving it. It's, it's been beautiful. And it's with the winter, you know, approaching, the Texas winter approaching, it's going to be basically an incredible resource to jump in and have some warm water and be able to have some incredible diving in 20 feet of warm water. Uh, here coming up in the winter. No, that is nice. I actually uh, got my my open water certification at Spring Lake, uh, which was pretty cool. And it is nice in the wintertime. I remember the, I think it was the second day of open water or the first day, I can't remember, but uh, it was, I think surface temperature was in the 20s or low. It was like around 30. So you could actually, when we got there, you could see the steam coming off of the water because it is 70 degrees. And we got into the water and I just remember it felt like a hot tub. I was like, man, this is so nice. And then when you had to get out of the water, it was absolutely miserable. Uh, and then another <laughs> cool thing about that place is they, uh, they have uh, for – just, you, you know, your non-scuba divers, the glass bottom boats over there. So you can go around with these boats that have glass bottoms and see through. Uh, I know my family went there a bunch of times 
And then it used to be a, a, a very popular spot. I can't remember how long ago, but they had like a diving pig. I want to say it was the diving yeah. pig and they had the mermaids that would go under the water. And it was uh, this little resort of, you know, out of all things, just in this little spot in Texas. Um, yeah, no, I've been been there a few times and it's definitely a, a good time. It's it's you know, you go and you park and then you just walk down to the water uh, and it is really nice. I remember there was like a nice nice Mexican restaurant. I can't remember that we would go and stop and eat afterwards on the way back up to, to Austin. Uh, I just remember also, I was like, man, this, I, I was always so tired on the ride home. Just, man, I'm tired. <laughs> it was a little <laughs> bit further cause I was a little bit further North than you. Um, so it'd be like almost an hour and a half for me. And I, yeah, it was, it was a good time. The, the times that I did go. So that's awesome. You got to go there. And, uh, and you said you brought your, your friend from out of town there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, oh, awesome! Yeah, so that's cool. You got to show him that training area. Yeah, show him, show him the the spring, and we had a great great dive there. And like I said, we were you know drilling each other, which is fun for for us. So you know, lots of cool. valve drills and basic six and gas switch drills, which was fun. Um, but that's not what this episode is about. We should we should though do an episode on the Meadow Center. That would be awesome, and some of the things that they're doing there and maybe have the executive director on and, and a few other folks would be a, that'd be an awesome show actually to, to kind of yeah, highlight. Yeah. That'd be really cool. We'll, we'll have to plan for it. Um, but this show, we wanted to do something a little bit different in this one. If you're still listening to us after our whole discussion about spring Lake and, and, uh, and the, the festival of color and spring or uh, pink fins was we wanted to talk a little bit about current events and what are the things that we're hearing the buzz that's happening on dive boats and dive sites and, you know, around the world, the things that, you know, are current to us right now. And of course that means that this episode, you know, will be focused solely on the current present time. So we'll have a timestamp on this episode to say, this is what's happening now. So it's kind of like, you know, did you see, the whole Nickelodeon. Do you remember back in the day, Nickelodeon did a time vault? Do you remember this at all? There was a, I don't remember what I year it was. But there's... do. I mean, I remember time capsules. I think I did one. It's probably buried somewhere in California. Uh, man, that's quite, I mean, haven't thought about that in years. Uh, but I, I, I want to say I do, but if you hadn't had mentioned it, then I probably wouldn't have remembered it, to be honest. Yeah, so I didn't remember it either. Someone else brought it up to me. But apparently back in the day, the whole time capsule thing was a was a thing. I, I probably have one sitting in California as well somewhere. But Nickelodeon, the what are they? I guess they're a channel. And then they own a hotel in like yeah, Playa, right? Have you ever driven by the Nickelodeon ho- resort? It's not a hotel. No. It's a resort right? in Playa uh, del Carmen. I would think Anyways, Florida would be a place for them. They might, they might have one there too, but I know there's one implied because I've driven by it a few times. Um, but they did a whole time capsule where I don't know what they put in there, and then they actually sealed it. it looks like a man cover or a manhole cover, right, for the sewer, and they sealed it. And I think the date of open is next year. I think that's when they're going to oh, actually wow. open it. Yeah, so that's going to be a very interesting situation, uh, to say the least. What year? Is, what year did they? 
Uh, gosh, I, I don't know. I know. I I have to look it up. I need to look it up. I like need to actually years know. Or something. Because that's kind of I'm curious. The Nickelodeon to know. time capsule. Maybe they got like a Michael Jordan card in there. Oh. Yeah, 1992 is when they sealed it, and they said that they weren't going to open it. I think it was. 20 or 30 years so yeah it's this year that they should be opening yeah or like the first of next year so yeah uh that will be interesting oh no no i'm i'm wrong so it will be removed and opened april 30th 2042 so they said 50 Uh, years after it was buried ah that's that makes more sense that makes more sense i thought it was was like 30 years uh we'll be old men by then about 50 years after it was we'll be so on anyway, our this is our time episode of I was gonna say, <laughs> we'll be on our 900th episode of the dive table when they open that <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be we we'll be talking about, about the good old days remember the good we old days nick this. when yeah we were talking about a time capsule back in the day yeah so anyway this is our time capsule episodes uh when we're going to talk about current events so let's get into it because <laughs> We're just rambling today on and on, which is fine. It's been that kind of week for my brain. Like I said, the you, you get focused on something you're doing and then your notification overload and then your brain frazzles. That's where my brain definitely is this week. So we're excited about the current event time capsule, Nickelodeon time capsule episode that we're going to do right now. So let's do it. <laughs> podcast for scuba divers everywhere take your seat at the dive table with your hosts nick hogel and jay gardner all right nick so you can go first what 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 what's the buzz what what, what's the scuttle scuttle buzz scuttle (laughs) funny phrases for these what's what's the buzz around the water cooler the scuba water cooler Uh, these days what you're hearing the talk around the coffee pot uh what is up in the news? Um, so actually, I just heard, I just read, I actually heard about this a few days ago, maybe like a day or two ago. I, I'm, this is pretty recent because I'm very curious. Um, I hate news feeds sometimes, especially when it comes to scuba, because I feel that they get the information wrong 90% of the time. You don't really know what's going on, so you're kind of left to what you think happened. Uh, But apparently somewhere in Europe, there was a dive class going on. And the way that the article makes it seem, which if you you can tell me otherwise, because I I, I don't know how it would have happened. It's kind of a sad story, but there is an open water class. Uh, The instructor was doing something. I don't know if it was in the shop or in the pool. I I just find it very, very hard to believe that it was in the pool. But um, a tank exploded. And, you know, there was a fatality. The the instructor, he he or she did lose their life. Um, But the way the article made it seem was just it happened out of nowhere. So I'm just very curious to know how that could have happened because the to to my knowledge the only way i can see something like that happening is if you were filling the tank at the time 
And I mean, this isn't current news, but I think, um, you know, a lot of you out there in the scuba verse know that there are certain tanks that that a lot of shops won't even touch because they were actually known for bursting under pressure, just the alloys that it was made of, uh, they, they were bursting under pressure. So a lot, and, and, uh, from my, my working a little bit in the scuba tank industry, generally a lot of tanks, aluminum tanks before 1988, a lot of places won't even touch. A lot of places won't even touch like 89 or 90 just because it's too close, but they, they are good. Uh, and then I, I heard this rumor going around that pe- some shops were like, we're not touching any tanks older than 20 years old, which is, I, I think, complete baloney. Um, but, uh, yeah, so somehow the tank exploded. I don't know much more to the story than that, but I just couldn't even imagine that as, you know, you're going through your open water class and, and you know, there's some times in there in the reading, you know, because this, this, this is a dangerous sport. It can be very dangerous. Um, it could also be very safe if if handled the right way. But to just be going through that initial part of your open water class and then something like that happens, I just really hope it doesn't, you know, steer that person away or persons away from scuba diving. But somehow the tank exploded. Uh, but I'm very curious to know. I mean, have you have you ever heard of a tank just exploding? The only time I've ever heard of it happening is while it's being filled, a tank can explode. But I've never heard of it happening you know, especially with the uh, uh, burst disc, you know, there's so many factors that had to have gone wrong for an actual tank to explode for no reason other than, you know, when it's being filled, I can see it. But even then, the burst disc will usually go before something bad happens. Um, so that that was something I literally I, I want to say I just read this morning the article, but I had heard about it a day or two ago. I don't know if you've heard about or read anything about that that incident yeah i also heard about it and obviously thoughts and and prayers good vibes to the families that that were affected by that for sure and certainly i think you hit on an important point the additional trauma of the the people that are associated with that be it the pros that were at that shop or, or friends with, with that instructor or the, you know, or, or whatever it might be. And also the students and, and others that are part of that dive community. I mean, there are dive communities around the world and, you know, we have one here in Austin and um, you know, I'm sure there's little communities all over the world. And so I'm sure that's rocking that dive community um, there in the local area. So our, our thoughts and, and good vibes go that direction for sure. I mean, I I like you are surprised about the tank it being the tank because, like you said, you know the only times I've ever heard of of tanks bursting is like you said in the fill. The other thing that I've heard and seen is if your scuba tank was in your car during a car wreck or something like that. I've seen bursts tanks obviously from impact uh from extreme impact which is why by the way i always store my tanks like for example in my truck in the bed of my truck with the valves pointed towards the bed reason being is if it blows it's going to separate from the valve right backwards maybe i mean this is kind of 
somewhat logical thinking in an accident who knows what actually will occur right how the tanks will get flipped around and things but that it would shoot away from the truck rather than into the cab of the truck whenever i'm transporting tanks but that's my own maybe messed up logic there but no i've never i you know like you say tanks are designed to have protections in place for failures you know the only and usually the biggest failure on a tank is human error in the filling, like you said, right? like that someone yeah. put it on the fill station, walked away, and the burst disc should alarm you. And if and if that didn't alarm you enough, like it should be able to bleed enough out of the tank that doesn't actually blow the tank up. The other thing that can happen in tanks, obviously, is if you're filling higher than air, so 21% oxygen, you know, depending on the particulates that are in the valve and whether it's been cleaned or the even in the hose lines and things like that for that, that you have an uh, oxygen risk that's flammable and can, you know, definitely heard of, of tanks catching on fire from, you know, improperly filled uh, or improperly serviced tanks. But I've never heard of one just like, randomly exploding and i don't have the details of what actually happened but i'm sure that it'll come hopefully it will come clear and there's some due diligence that the rest of us can learn from that incidents on uh, incident on you know what what went wrong there not to place blame and say oh well they should have x y and z i'm sure there will be a cacophony of people saying that stuff but for, for me, I hope that as an industry, we look at it and say, okay, well, what went wrong here and how do we get smarter and better training or how do we make changes to our servicing or manufacturing processes to avoid something like this ever happening again, right? So I hope there's some sort of postmortem on um, what actually occurred so that we can all learn from it and take from it. But regardless to say whenever there's a death in scuba which is not a word that gets used a lot in scuba but it 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 happens and we should say it more often that it is a dangerous sport even with all the training and safety precautions and gear and so on and so forth um, things can still go wrong you're out in the wild and i think that's what a lot of people you know we forget sometimes as divers that the, we we're in the wild. It, we might call it a dive site, but it is a wild place. Right? <laughs> like just because we we have a name for it and we've been there before, doesn't make it safe. And we are in an environment that we're not supposed to be in. Right? We're not physiologically, biologically evolved to breathe underwater. So, with those two things in mind, it is inherently a dangerous sport. And inherently, we put a percentage of our, you know, health and well-being at risk whenever we go diving. So, you know, I hope that that uh, overall, whenever something like that happens, that it becomes a, a learning event for all of us, and it gives us a pause to think about our own safety and and behavior under the water on how, um, you know, we're we're making it as mitigating the risk as much as possible. So there's my soapbox for the day, but, uh, <laughs> but certainly I think it's an important message. 
Uh, well, and and also too, because I I'm sure you're aware the there's definitely a lot missing to the story. The 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 news stories are just always sometimes absolutely horrendous on how they how they tell the stories just because as divers you know okay there's so much more to this story what what is actually going on uh and yeah i'm sure there's going to be a report um i could even see dan probably having that report i think they do at the end of every season year whatnot they'll have a big accident report on the incidents that happen just because uh like you were saying if they're they're not talked about enough then we can never learn from them. And that's the biggest thing about it is you learn essentially from your mistakes. So yes, hopefully we learn definitely thoughts and prayers to the family, friends, anybody in and around that area. Uh, Cause that's not, not a pleasant thing to hear. And unfortunately it, it does happen, not tanks exploding, but deaths in scuba, um, but I'm, I'm just very curious to know more about the story just because it was just some, some, you know, things left unsaid, which I felt, you know, there could be more there. So I apologize to, to go down a deep, dark little rabbit hole right at the very beginning of that. Uh, but what, what, what do you got on the for topic for another fun new topic? Something lighthearted now, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, well, just just to wrap up before we go lighthearted, um, you know, thoughts like we said in prayers and, and good vibes to the Nemo Diving Club that that's based in Amsterdam. So I, j- I just want to call that out by name. That's kind of the community, the Amsterdam, um, you know, Dutch diving community uh, for sure is affected. So thoughts to them. And actually, what's crazy is I think uh, just a few weeks before that, I remember a story I think out of Australia where someone was filling cylinders in a in a dive shop and there was an explosion and uh one of the the pros at the shop who was doing the filling i think lost a lost a leg um but it blew out the the windows um of the building and everything else so yeah uh you kind of you know it's it's about to be halloween you're starting with the macabre theme uh i don't know how <laughs> i can take it from here and make it lighter but Another thing along that same lines, man, this is a this is a little bit of a dark episode, but you know, on top of that, there was another death here in the States um, that occurred. And this was an exploration diver uh, that that happened, I think, uh, gosh, a week or two ago. Um but this was uh in a park in Missouri. Which was uh, we won't go, you know, too deep into the details here. I'm sure that you can go out and read read about that. But um, you know, certainly thoughts and good vibes go out to the Kiss Rebreather community and the uh, Missouri diving community there, and obviously the exploration team and the family of the the diver that passed. Um, certainly, I think that this is a very experienced diver. You know, they were staging tanks for exploration and there will be a lot kind of reported and to learn from that as well. But that was on the, I think, uh, October 15th, something like that. So five days ago, another diver lost their life in Missouri. 
and uh and yeah i mean it's a serious it's serious stuff man i mean it's not a it's not a light hearted thing that we do in terms of diving although it's a lot of fun and it's beautiful and all those things there is risk and no matter no matter how experienced or inexperienced you are those risks uh exist and so you know taking a moment to acknowledge that those things are there and um and again sending good vibes to those that are most affected i, I think are, is is all you really can do and, and reflect on your own diving and your own safety um and your own team in that's in that case uh from here on out quick question uh not to change the subject i want to say i saw something about maybe a year ago or in the last year uh, wasn't isn't the the deepest explored cave in Missouri? Oh well, we go back to our conversation with Chuck No and say, "Oh yeah, which, yeah, yeah, yeah." What's the definition of deepest? Because yeah, there's yeah, even in like dry caving, there's a lot of debate on the measurement, right? So from from where? Let's just you put remember it this that article. There, I do, I do. There are deep caves being explored in Missouri. And there are also on top of that, from what I understand, and I haven't been, but incredible mines that are flooded mines in Missouri. So for, I don't, I haven't been, I, it's on my list of things to like do more research on and get out there. But from what I understand, there's some really cool diving in Missouri and I've wanted the to bon go out there and, and check that stuff out. Yeah, that's the Bon yeah. Terre Mine. Yeah. yeah, I think they even conduct open water classes in there because it's so massive. And uh, I, I, yeah, I had a chance to go on a trip, but I didn't. And that was something that I thought would be really cool to check out. So, so sorry to change the subject. No, no, let's let's lighten things up a little bit. So, uh, what I'm hearing around the uh, what do you call it? The scuba coffee pot. Um, oh, I, what was I? No, I wanted to call it the. Uh, What's the what's the news around the coral garden or something? There, yeah. What's the what's the buzz around the coral? Yeah, around the the suburban coral garden. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, so another thing that's that's happening uh, that I'm hearing a lot about is well, guess what? It's October. The weather's starting to change. For a lot of us, at least here in the States, um, so diving season for a lot of folks is starting to come to an end. So there is a lot of buzz about the used dive gear market is about to be flush with gear with people saying, you know, I'm done with diving for the year. I didn't really like this or I I don't want this anymore, Um, so on and so forth. Uh, So that is definitely buzzing in my ears of all the things that are um, coming out in the used scuba market because the diving season is about to come to a close for a lot of folks. I love that time of year. I have picked up lots of nice gear plenty of times just because you do have the folks that tried the open water really was not into it or they had it for like a year or two and and they're just getting rid of it. Uh, But, and we even did an episode on, you know, used or new and 
definitely do your homework, but there's some, there's some good stuff to be had out there for sure. Yeah. That's it's an exciting time of year. I mean, for me, all right, here's what I'm in the market for. So I, you have to set your, uh, that's how I approach it. You have to set your intention for what the used scuba market is going to be of what you're in the market for. And then number two, what you're willing to pay for it. Those are the two most important things. So for me, I'm looking at getting another set um, or two of high pressure 100s. That's that's my my like I'm hunting for. Um, and I would love to get these. What I have right now are these Genesis PST, um, which were the the lighter. They're supposed to be a little bit lighter than let's say the Worthington uh, steels. Uh, I I don't have a preference for Worthington or PST personally. I, I think they're they they trim out nicely both of them, but because I already own the PST ones, I've been looking for another another set of those. So that's like what I'm in the market for and and searching for, uh, which I think would be awesome if I could find. That's that's my number one, and then my number two thing that I'm in the market for that I'm kind of poking around for is uh you know i'm looking at a likely a dpv and that's going to be my next bigger purchase and so i don't think i'll probably i don't know if i'll buy it used if there's a really good deal i'll buy it used or uh, i'll buy a new one but those are the the two things the scuba market that i'm 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 scouring for what what's going to be next on your list if you if you were to get a couple of things on the used market Ooh, more diving days. Uh, as, as we know, <laughs> it's been pretty dry for me. Uh, but I do, I do have a trip coming up. But no, I'm not sure. I actually, I, I started looking at gear. I'm trying to find a good shop in the area here. There's a couple people that I need to reach out to because uh, back home it was easy. You know, I knew people. Who knew people who knew people know. Um, but there was, you know, I kind of found the places that I like to go to. So I'm kind of on the search for for newer things. And and I always kind of see, because at, at this point, it's not so much, I, th- I literally feel like I'm repeating myself from the used or new. It's not so much of what I need as much as what I want at this point. So it's, there's definitely a couple of things, um, but I actually am in the market for, tanks. Uh, and I know, you know, I follow a couple, uh, groups, Malaysia, you know, used in new gear, things like that. Uh, so, and, and I don't think, I'll, I mean, maybe not, but I don't know if I'll be able to find any tanks up here in the area that I'm out at. I'll probably have to go down to KL, but, uh, just some things to make it more easily accessible, um, to get into the water. So, um, to, to, uh, be determined TBD to be determined on my nice. used list. So, but I will nice. keep that in mind. Jay's Jay's wish list. So if any of you listeners out there know where he can find some high pressure hundreds, definitely let him know, reach out to us, Facebook group or any of the other platforms that you can find us on. So what, what else is, what, right. what no, else I, is a current event? Uh, my Anything turn new? or yours? Oh, uh, I'll go. I'll go. Um, I'll keep it lighthearted. So uh, this actually created a little light buzz on our uh, on our Facebook group the other day. If you don't know us on Facebook, it's the Dive Table 
group. It's a it's a fun little group, good community on there. Uh, and I I I don't know if it's a joke to be honest with you because I've been looking. But have you seen that new Halcyon wing, the tie-dyed wing that they're coming out with, um, which is just colors. I mean, it's the same old wing. There's nothing, there's no new technology there or anything. I just really like the colors. You know, I think kind of a lot of you probably know me at this point, little little hippie at heart. Uh, and I saw the tie-dyed colors and, and you know, and, and Shang Fei was like, yay or nay. And I was, that's a yay for me. Um, but I, I've been looking for it, so I don't know if if it was just a, a, a joke, especially just because I mean I don't I don't personally know you know the the people that create Halcyon, um, but just from hearing, I'm just kind of like that's kind of odd that they would throw a little tie dyed color out there. I just thought that that was a little you know just out of their playbook, um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't really know. You know, I haven't did a deep dive into the inner workings of Halcyon. So I'm not quite sure, but do you, have you, do you have you heard any, anything or seen anything? It's going to be a big promo. I at saw, Dima, probably. I certainly saw the, the post and it's their single singles wing um, called an eclipse. And I know that in general, you can get colors on that. And I'm actually looking right this second. And sure enough, they have added the tie-dye as a color option. Cause you, cause I don't know when they did it. Um, but Halcyon, you know, you can, you can choose a front color, a back color and what's called a gusset color, which is kind of the, the middle of the sandwich where the, where the peanut butter and jelly goes. <laughs> if you, if you think about a wing, right, it's in the middle. That's the gusset. And you actually choose the color of their Halcyon logo, which is which is interesting. So I'm looking right this second, and sure enough, the tie dye is now an option as a color for either front, back, gusset, or all three. So you could you could get oh, just right. a tie dye on the gusset and do like pink on one side and you know lime green on the other, and you'd have quite the quite the wing. But I am noticing a lot more kind of recreational divers um, buying these Halcyon wings with custom colors. I saw one that was like bright pink and like neon blue just uh, like a week ago or something like that, um, that, that the, uh, the diver was really, really proud of. I know one of my good friends or one of my friends uh, in Florida, he was super stoked about getting uh, all, he likes all pink gear for some reason. He got a, a pink evolve wing. So yeah. And, Looks like you can customize the wing to be whatever color you want on those three options. And now tie dye. I think there are camo options as well. Yeah, camo, all kinds of things. Yeah, for me, we've seen the camo. Yeah, I would not, not, not for me. Give give it to me. My one question with most everything in life, you know, when it comes to fashion. Etc. is does it does it come in black? So <laughs> that's, See, all, I'm, that's all I want. I'm 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 a little bit of the opposite. I want I want to be bright. Like uh, we were talking about my 
my biggest fears is being left behind on a boat or one of my nightmares. I was like, oh, nobody's going to forget the bright colored guy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, and, and, but no, that's funny. Cause I, I love it. I might, that, that might be my Christmas present right there for myself. Uh, no, cause I, I do. I love it. Just, I like the, 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 cause I, I do there. I did go through a little where I wanted everything all black phase, uh, in scuba anyways, cause a lot of it is, but then I just started, I, I don't know what it is. I was, oh, I want to, I want the bright colors. I actually have a friend in Indonesia who loves everything pink as well. Um, and I, I always thought that that was kind of funny. Uh, but I, um, so I've been looking right now. I have a, a, a X deep wing and I've been looking at the razor side mount wings I have an X deep side mount harness wing uh, and I've been looking at the razor ones and they actually came out with one that was all pink. And I was like, man, I would totally rock that. I would totally 100% rock that. I think that that would be funny. I think that that would just be, um, you know, just kind of like right up with my personality, but yeah, no lie. That might be the new, uh, the new travel wing right there. Um, the Halcyon wing. Cause I, I've seen the camos, I've seen the different colored ones like that, but, um, you know, sometimes you just got to stand out a little bit and I feel like that would be a, a great way to go. Yeah. I must've just missed that. Cause I was wondering, I'm like, is that, uh, is that, is that, you know, one of those fake news things or whatnot? Cause I was kind of excited to see that. So, so who knows if you see out, if you see a tie dyed wing out there, it might be co-host Nick from the dive table. So, <laughs> um but yeah so that was something it just uh i thought it created a nice little buzz on our on our dive table group i thought it was pretty funny and uh uh so i just thought i'd bring that up but what about you what's another what's another piece of news that you got yeah so we can uh we can stay on the gear route obviously you know we're not going to do a whole episode on it i think it's been done too many times and i don't i don't want to do it but uh, a lot of buzz, at least in the recreational world, around the the Apple Watch Ultra and the Oceanic Plus app. So now you can use your Apple Watch, or not? I'm sorry, not just use your Apple Watch. You can use your Apple Watch Ultra as a dive computer within recreational limits, and uh, as long as I think you have to pay a monthly subscription to Oceanic plus as their app um, to use that software. But, uh, but yeah, that was kind of big news, you know, a few, a month ago or something like that a little less, a little more than that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been buzzing. There's been some, I've heard overheard no one in my kind of circle is having these debates, but I've overheard a lot of heated discussions around the liking the Apple watch or not liking it and pros and cons of it as a dive computer and so on and so forth. So um, me personally, not interested. I'm happy with what I have. I don't need that. Uh, but I also can see the appeal. You know, it's a one-stop shop, right, in terms of your health monitoring, phone calls, la, la, la. Now diving, I don't have to change anything. It just kind of stays with me you know, on me 24 seven. And I mean, I also see some of the benefit of that. I haven't used it, but it would be awesome for exploration in some, in some cases to be able to 
if you're able to actually mark locations, um, that would be amazing, right? Uh, if you're able to geotag things based on location while you're under the water, that's a huge, you know, can be a problem for exploration diving. So I can see that. And I could also see from a safety perspective, some have argued that if you do get left behind, you don't have to wear that bright colored wing instead you you can make a phone call right from your from your watch if you're just floating out in the middle of the ocean somewhere uh, or or put your location out there as a beacon so i i get i get why some folks are really stoked on it and i think different people pick up different parts of the the arguments of and the benefits and the and the drawbacks um but uh, that has definitely been a a buzzing thing around the dive shops and dive boats that that uh, that I've seen for recreational divers lately, which has been pretty pretty interesting. I don't know what's your take on the Apple Watch Ultra. Um, you know, definitely, I you make some valid points there. Well, quick question: so it is a specific watch that you have to buy. Not any old Apple Watch can can. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's, yeah. the, it's the new one, the the yeah. ultra. Yeah, because I always because I always wondered. Um, I mean, you know, you know, you go into Starnes Island any given day in the summertime. There's just thirty Apple watches laying around next to empty beer cans and all this stuff. And I always wonder because I always thought they had a certain depth limit to them. So I was kind of wondering about that if it was a newer one. Um, and I and I do I see some of those benefits. I think that the, that that is great. You know, it's it's for a person, you know, your everyday recreational diver, not every day, maybe your weekend warrior, your your, you know, three times a year, four times a year or one vacation a year type person that just wears a watch. Me personally, I don't wear watches in general, but I know a lot of people that wear smart watches for various reasons. It, like you said, you can monitor your health, everything. It's the one stop shop, text messages you know, location, whatnot. Um, I am curious though. So can you pinpoint or can you mark locations under the water or just above the water? I think it's so above I've, the water, right? I've heard arguments on both sides. I, I don't know. I haven't used it. Oh, okay. Hey, Apple, if you want to send us a watch and we'll go <laughs> test it, uh, please feel free. Would, would love to, would love to try. I, so I, I don't, I can't speak with authority because I don't, I haven't used it. I haven't tried it. Uh, so I don't know. So this is all conjecture on my behalf or on our behalf. But from what I understand, there are some arguments that, yeah, you could tag under the water, which would be – I don't know how Pretty they amazing. would do that because technically right now the systems that do that um, are not are using sonar to make those tags. And then that sonar is connected to um, a satellite from there's some there's some cool technology coming out around uh, geo uh, geo marking underwater that I've seen that basically is a buoy that acts as a as a on the bottom side the receiving side receives the sonar and translates that to the satellite side to actually mark the location so uh, that would be really cool but then again honestly right now you know, the way that we, we do a lot of that is we can do it through sonar just on the surface. And then once we're diving in the water, we can shoot up a, a float, right, and mark it on the surface that way as well. So I don't know if it's a huge problem to solve underwater, but it's kind of cool if you could. But I don't know functionally if that's 
how it's working or not because I haven't used it in that way. Yeah, because I know uh, that was a cool that was a cool feature on the Garmin watches that you could mark on the surface, but you couldn't mark underwater. I know with the Garmin watches you cannot. So uh, I, I would be surprised if the Apple Watch was able to achieve that because Garmin's definitely kind of been in that game for a while. Um, you know, Garmin GPS, all that stuff. So. Uh, but Apple does have, you know, I'm sure a plentiful bank account to be able to put research into things like that. So, but yes, please, somebody from Apple, send send the dive table some watches and we will happily go and test those things out for you. But um, I mean, personally, like I said, I probably wouldn't purchase one just because I don't wear a watch. So all the other features, although I should, I'm getting up there on age, uh, but all the other features don't really appeal to me and I already have a dive watch same thing that I'm I'm pretty happy with so I don't need another one for that um, but I can see it being a huge appeal to a lot of people uh, and I, I wonder how that's gonna go over in the dive shops when they're you know trying to sell some gear and then everybody every because literally I feel like these days every other person has an Apple watch or some sort of smart watch and it's you know if Apple's doing it I'm sure, Samsung's not going to be too far behind or all these other, you know, companies aren't going to be too far behind. And, and who knows, maybe there'll be a little push, a little, you know, race to kind of get better technology, which will lead to better things just because, you know, one person is going to want to outdo the next and like, oh, they have this, we need to get that. So, uh, but yeah, I, I've seen quite the buzz to, uh, I'm sure many of our listeners out there, all all 290 million of you. Uh, I, I mean, I'm just kidding. I don't know what our listenership's at right now, but thank you for listening out there. We appreciate you. Uh, but it, it's funny. I sometimes I follow things for the comments, but the the scuba divers uncensored group always just gives me a good laugh from day to day, and that just some of the comments that I was seeing on there about the Apple Watch or, or I mean the comments in general are super hilarious. So shout out to scuba divers and sensor. Cause you, sometimes you literally put a smile on my face throughout the day, just from some of the things that I see in there. Um, and I mean, don't take anything too seriously. I literally think that's their motto, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, some of this stuff was, some of the stuff was definitely pretty funny on the, the whole new Apple watch, uh, idea of that. Um, so I guess it's, I guess my turn moving on from the Apple watch. Um, well, yeah, something I guess I'll, I'll I'll kind of piggyback off or, or kind of throw the ball in your court. Um, big trade show, obviously, coming up, uh, DEMA, which uh, Jay, I'll kind of give that one to Jay. He'll talk about it a little bit because uh, he will be attending. But um, I have not been to DEMA. Uh, I was just at a trade show about a month ago. Not trade show. I'm sorry. I was at a, a convention um, about a month ago, and that was super fun. Dima is definitely a place that I would like to go to, and I'm 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 quite curious too because that's always a place that um, people you know bring and and highlight their new gear, the new you know fashion of the week, whatever they're trying to push for the next scuba season, um, and it's always quite exciting to see the the new products, the new ideas, just you know new things coming out of there. Um, we were talking about this just a little bit ago. It's about a year old now, but there was the, uh, 
um, that tank where they basically said they eliminated the wing. I heard about there was quite a buzz about it, and and I think it was the same article that was going around. So I don't know much about that anymore. Um, so if anybody has any news on that, I would love to hear if that's even a thing or if it just kind of fizzled out or uh, if people everywhere are using them. I, I don't really know, but. Um, yeah, tell us, tell, talk a little bit about Dima. I'll throw that ball in your court because you will be attending there. Yeah, so Dima is coming up. It's right around the corner. And if you don't know what Dima is, Dima stands for the Diving Equipment and Marketing Association. That's the Dima, D-E-M-A. Um, and this is their trade show. We do a show, I think, once a year. And this year, the show is in Orlando, Florida. I think it rotates between what Orlando, New Orleans, and um, Vegas, right? Was there one in Vegas? Is that right? Yeah, Vegas. I think it's Vegas. Sometimes California, I thought. I'm not sure. I have not been. California, yeah. So I think last year's was in Vegas. This year is in Orlando. Next year's in New Orleans. So we, we got to go to the one in New Orleans. That's a, a much shorter drive for me or for us. But yeah, so Dima, I mean, like you said, it's it's – it's clo- it's not an open show so you can't buy tickets to it as a diver it's it's reserved for dive professionals so dive masters dive instructors ITs and also uh dive shops so it's it's an industry show and yeah most of the manufacturers from what i understand bring their new lines for 20 what will be 2023 um out there's a lot of learning so agencies and different uh groups uh do different talks there's a whole technical side of it as well which i'm super excited about and then a lot of companies and manufacturers do things along the side of dima so for example one of the things i'm really excited about is um hog gear uh i use a lot of hog gear and one of the reasons that i really like hog or has have liked them here's a not a shout out or advertisement. We are not sponsored by them, by the way. But one of the things I really like is that they encourage you to learn how to service your own gear. They will teach you how to service your own gear. Um, and so I'm going to be taking that class during DEMA and being certified as a regulator, repair, and service um, technician for HOG, which I'm stoked about. So other sorts of things on a dance throw in a big party, the diver divers alert network, um, you know, to, to, and, and a lot of learning there. I've seen a bunch of agencies doing different things, whether it be, you know, trips and la la la. So it's a, it's a big show. Um, everyone's kind of gathered. It's the huddle, the yearly huddle, at least here in the States for the diving industry. And it's taking place the first week of November, and I'm super excited about it. So I will be there. If you're going to be at DEMA and you're listening to this, man, reach out, jay at thedivetable.com. I'd love to grab a coffee, give a high five, uh, check out your booth, whatever it might be, uh, snap a photo together. Um, but I'm really excited. That, here's a couple of things I'm looking forward to DEMA, other than the, the hog uh, stuff. So I'll be there as part of UTD, Unified Team Diving. I'll be representing that. I'll also be representing, you know, obviously the, the dive table, trying to meet some interesting folks and and talk to them about coming on the show so we can bring that to all of our listeners. But I'm for me personally, there's a couple of things that I'm I have my ears pegged, you know, to for Dima. 
One is, and this is totally selfish, hundred <laughs> percent selfish, is I'm in also in the market not only for HP 100s but for a new dry suit. So I'm ready. I'm ready to move beyond my my first dry suit purchase, and so I'm very excited to figure out you know which which suit I'm going to go with and which manufacturer I'm going to go with in terms of their you know to represent them when I'm out diving and uh, and teaching and so on and so forth. So I'm personally very excited about that, and I don't know what to expect, but I'm going to see that. And then the second thing I'm very excited about is I'm really excited about a lot of the the kind of learning coming out of now COVID. I think there I've seen a lot of buzz, and I don't know if this will be the case, but about kind of the the stories of resiliency and lessons that we learned in you know diving kind of turning completely localized and really struggling like every industry did um, during COVID to now we're coming out of COVID and what dive shops, dive pros, manufacturers are experiencing there. So I'm excited for to hear some of those talks, to have some of those discussions um, because I think there's probably some really valuable lessons that, that we learned as an industry going through that and now kind of coming out the other end, other end of that tunnel. So as I said, if you'll be at DEMA, you're already planning to be there. I would love to meet you. I'd love to have a conversation, hear about what you're up to and what you're working on and what your local diving's like. Uh, but I will be there the whole time during DEMA. And then on top of that, I'm pretty stoked because I'm heading down from Orlando. We're heading down to the Keys for a, a tech combo class uh, and really excited to do that. I get to do that with uh, the, our training director at our agency uh, is coming across from Europe to do that course together. So we'll have like seven or eight days in the water um, just working working hard and, and doing this tech combo class down in the Keys. And I think it's all going to culminate. Uh, I don't know which wreck yet, but in, in one of the deep wrecks out in the Keys. Uh, I know for me, I loved the Spiegel, but I think the Spiegel only goes to 130, 140 feet, something like that, the Spiegel Grove. But there's other ones, Dwayne, the Eagle, um, that are out in the Keys that we're going to go get a chance to to check out and go deep on and, and do some some deco diving on, which will be a lot of fun. So that's what I'm looking forward to in terms of DEMA. Awesome. That sounds like it's going to be a blast. Uh, so I guess that's probably – pretty much a wrap up um i guess uh you know just some upcoming events which i'm quite excited about we do have some some cool interviews lined up some some guests that i was able to speak with and and bring on with the help of producer daniel onto the show so i'm quite excited about some of these interviews coming up current event or upcoming events i should say and uh me, me personally, I do have a dive trip planned next month, which I'm quite excited about. Uh, luckily for all of you that have been kind of following my dry scuba journey, um, I finally was able to hop into a pool and that was, you know, it, it, it was what it was. Definitely not the ocean, but it was quite exciting just to be able to get underwater and I'll just kind of have to change gears a little bit on my approach to scuba, but I'm looking forward to it. I have a few ideas in the books uh, that I was going to kind of toss back and forth uh, with the one of the local dive shops. And there's actually another one too, um, might be kind of a 
back in the teaching mode. I'm not 100% sure, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you know more once that unfolds. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely looking forward to the next uh, few months just to kind of be able to explore and, and go to other dive sites and everything. So um, yeah, looking forward to everything and just want to say, you know, once again, thank you for all your listeners out there and definitely check us out on the, the dive table group. Uh, there's always good buzz on there. We try to stay pretty, pretty current on there as well. Uh, and there's, there's some good and funny characters on there. So you might get a, a good laugh or whatnot. So. All right. Well, thanks out there for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, you can connect with us at the dive or send us a message, howdy at the dive or info at the dive or Nick at the dive I don't think, Hey, you at the dive works yet, but we should, we should have one. Hey, you at the dive table.com. <laughs> I'll be getting email address, <laughs> but reach out, uh, send us a message, send us a, a, a communication, a carrier pigeon, a starfish, whatever you'd like to do. We'd love to hear from you, especially if you're going to be at DEMA this year and you want to connect. Um, or if you're, you know, listen to the last episodes on ADEX and, and want to connect with, with Nick out there in Southeast Asia, that would be great. Uh, as always, if you subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast, you'll get notified when new episodes drop. And if you plan to leave a review, which we always appreciate, it seems like Apple Podcasts is the best place to do that, but uh, you can leave a review anywhere you like. Beyond that, I hope you're having an awesome kind of end to your diving season, or maybe it's the beginning for you out there, whatever it might be, but there's a transition point happening right this moment. And I hope uh, that you, we hope that you have an amazing kind of transition to whatever's next in your diving. And we also hope to have you back on the next episode of The Dive Table. The Dive Table is a production of Fish Dive Surf Incorporated and a member of the Fish Dive Surf Podcast Network. You can find out more at www.fishdivesurf.com.